What's up, golf addicts? Welcome to this week's edition of the Tour Junkies podcast for the Shriners Children's Open. I'm already slurring Shriners. I'm already slurring it. We haven't even started yet. And you may notice it's just me and not DB. Guess what? Look what I'm wearing. There's DB. If you wanted to see DB, there you go. Right there. There you go. With a clown nose on. No, I have a special guest tonight. Joe Idoni with the Preferred Lines podcast. You know, Joe, I'm excited to be doing this show with you tonight. You know, because you do a great job on your own. But, uh, you know, I and, and I can't. You know, DB likes me to carry the show sometimes, and I, and I just can't always carry the show. And, and you're such a, a vibrant personality that I, I'm excited to have you on tonight. Welcome, Joe. Any any uh, initial words? What an honor, man! I'm excited to sort of inject a little bit of energy in here. So, what's the story on the Goodell clown shirt? Was this a bet that happened over the golf tournament that has been settled? Well, you know, I, I didn't get a chance to wear this shirt. Uh, at Golby's Cup in Pennsylvania. And and one of the reasons is, I have to admit, is because my team lost. Okay, Team Pat lost. All right? Now, we're not going to get into to a bunch of review of the golf tournament. Okay? Because, because we can, you know, we can talk about that forever. And DB and I probably need to be together on a show to, to, to do the rundown. Okay? But um, we did have these sh- shirts drawn up, Team DB with the clown nose. And uh, just, just didn't get a chance to... To wear it and you know congrats to team db they won fair and square it was a, it was a great victory uh we put up a fight we put up a fight but we just didn't get the win but yeah that's that's the reason for the shirt and you know it's also blue and db always makes fun of me for wearing so much blue so i figured that i would just annoy him tonight as many as, as much as i possibly can okay joe look speaking of a little merch swag you see what i'm rocking tonight in honor of like Pat, I didn't know if we were like, I thought long shot season may be officially dead until my boy, Mac Hughes. I didn't have the bet, but he brought it back. So hopefully you and me on a show together, the long shot season jacket one finally hits. Maybe we can hit a little defibrillator into uh, the fall swing. We need some bombs to hit. Maybe. We've got to have, I mean, it's, it's been so many tournaments where we've had the shorter odds guys winning. And then you get Max Homa. Winning the Fortinet. Finally, you know, DB, by the way, hates Mackenzie Hughes. And we didn't have a show last week. We didn't get to talk about it. I feel like Mackenzie Hughes might have been on my betting card. I'm going to have like a, like a, you know, <laughs> kind of a, a silent victory because I think he would have been on the card, but maybe, you know, I just didn't put it out there. Um, but look, Mackenzie Hughes winning. Maybe we're starting a trend. And usually we get in the fall, we get these long shot winners. And we get it at this tournament, at the Shriners. By the way, before we get into too much with the Shriners, all right, this show is brought to you by fantasynational.com slash TJ. If you want 20% off any of your subscription, okay, weekly, monthly, annually, whatever it is, you got to go to fantasynational.com slash TJ and subscribe. Look, where we get all our stats. It makes it easy for me, Joe, okay? Like, I'm not really that smart. I'm not that smart. I mean, I got to have some stats in front of me that I can easily organize and do some things. That's that's what I need. Okay, that's why I need Fantasy National. 
Listen, I use it too. I got I got another screen. I got my sort of mixed condition model pulled up right now. I'm a big proponent. Look, I, I like to see things with my eyes, Pat, but I need to confirm it because sometimes my brain lies to me. Uh, but I need to confirm it and make sure the the numbers and the data are all checking out and that's all available over there. So uh, good friends over there of mine as well. Great yeah. guys. Yeah, great website. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we we just had such, last year, now we're we're technically, this is why I hate the, the like the new tour season because like we have to say last year, even yeah. though we're actually in the year, you know what I mean? Like that confuses a lot of people. But last tour season, we had so many favorites winning, and it just really hurt the the long shot guys like like I am, like DB is, like you are. I mean, you're wearing the jacket, so we got a Mackenzie Hughes. I think we can get it this week at Shriners Open. Like anybody can win this turn if you like. So if you want a course breakdown, DB did a great course breakdown uh, that came out this morning. Uh, he, and one of the things he talked about is is Rod Pampling. By the way, Rod Pampling won this golf tournament, and he talked about anybody can win here. Okay, he played with Brooks Kepka one day. Brooks is bombing all over the place. It didn't really matter. Okay, there's elevation here, so they're hitting it far anyway. The fairways, you know, whatever. I mean, it, it just doesn't. You just have to have. You got to score well. You got to have good weather conditions, which they're going to have this week. And other than that, pretty much you can choose anybody. You can choose anybody this week. And I think we're going to get a long shot winner. Joe, uh, your thoughts initially. I know you've done a lot, a lot of research just initially on this course, uh, the type of player you're going to be looking at uh, for this week. Yeah, I think you kind of nailed it. It's wide open. We've seen all kinds of winners. We've seen Patrick Cantlay and Sung Jay as essentially favorites win this thing. We've seen guys like Marty Laird and Kevin Na compete here and win it. Um, so all different types of players in terms of skill sets can compete wide fair like you can miss here right pat you yeah. but you can't miss huge you can miss the fairway but if you miss huge and the, really the only trouble is some of them deserts and you get behind some rocks and maybe a cactus other than that there's not too many hazards the greens and regulation percentage is through the roof relatively benign in terms of uh putting surfaces and you know guys being able to not a ton of undulations guys being able to make a lot of putts and um the scoring here with the exception of the one can't lay year is typically birdie fest opportunities right it with the exception of that one year i believe one of those years we saw a cut line at like minus six or minus seven under par recently so guys are gonna go low here um you make too many bogeys you miss too many greens you're gonna miss the cut yeah no i agree if i'm looking at my my favorite stats this week i think course history shows up pretty well this week obviously mm -hmm. always looking at form um, looking at ball striking, I picked good drives gained on fantasy national instead of looking at fairways gained or strokes gained off the tee. I like good drives gained because I think even if you do miss these fairways, as long as you're in the right spots, I, I don't think it's going to be too difficult to hit these greens. Um, I looked at opportunities gains gained. Always look at that uh, on scoring courses, birdie or better percentage. And one other thing too, par four scoring from 400 to 450 yards. There are nine holes, nine par fours on this course that are in that range. So I think that's like a little outlier stat that you might want to look at if you're uh, if you're if you're just putting your models together. Um, does that kind of match up with what you're looking at too, Joe? Yeah, the majority of like the approach shot distribution was like 125 to 175. I think like 50 percent of the shots roughly last year came from about that range. So it's you know it's, it's driver, it's pitching wedge, nine iron, eight iron. Like those are the clubs you need. It's only 7,200 yards, but you mentioned earlier, 
the fairways are wide, so it's kind of bombs away. And it's also at elevation, so it plays a little bit shorter than that at like 2,500 feet above sea level. A little bit shorter than that, um, forgiving off the tee. It's going to be able to – opportunities gained, I think, is a great one that you're looking at because it's just going to show you how many birdie opportunities you're getting. And with relatively flat greens, brand-new green services as well, they've had this place shut down, I believe, since April. They resodded all the fairways and all the greens, mm-hmm. so they should be completely pure. They're trying to pick up the speed a little bit on them, so the guys should love the putting surfaces this week. Hopefully, they're not too bouncy and guys are able to get a lot of birdie opportunities. We're going to see, you know, 20, 22 under like we usually see here. Yeah, no, I agree there. Um, by the way, Spazbite in the, in the chat says, I miss Planet Tito's, Pat. Well, listen here, Spaz. I don't typically, actually, I've been drinking beer most of the year on the show, uh, actually for the last two years. But tonight, just for Joe, just for Joe, I'm drinking some Tito's. I got it in my little master's little cup here. So I'm drinking Tito's tonight. What, what do you got, Joe? I got Tito's and uh, a little bit of this um, sparkling limeade mix. So Tito's and limeade mix. I was hoping you'd have some Tito's. We were talking last week as we were both uh, prepped for Hurricane Ian kind of heading. And we said the number one thing in Hurricane Prep is make sure you run to that liquor store. Get yourself a handle of Tito's. Because if you got to hunker down with the kids for like 72 straight hours, you're going to need some liquor at night. You absolutely do. You see, like, all right, so Joe's used to this, just like I am in Savannah, all right? You know, Joe's in Florida, I'm in Savannah. We got hurricanes coming all over the damn place this time of year, all right? You got to you gotta know your priorities when you're getting prepping, you know, prepping for a hurricane, all right? I go to the liquor store, all right? And I stock up there. Okay, I, then I get my gas. I, I, I'll get my gas, people, okay? I'll get my gas. I'll get my water and my bread, you know, those kind of things. But if I'm really wanting to prepare properly, I need to have plenty of wine, plenty of Tito's, yep. and my mixer. That's it. Okay? Maybe I'll, I'll – I got saltine crackers for the kids and stuff. Okay? Yeah. And that's it. Some, we got some peanut butter and jelly. But we need to make sure we prioritize in these situations. Now, luckily for me and I think for you, we, were, we, we went unscathed in the in – the Yeah. Country. But there's a lot of people, by the way – that you know, thoughts and prayers out to him. We even have um, we had uh, Dylan Garachi, who's on on Team Pat at the at Golby's Cup. He had to go home, and he's in Fort Myers, Florida, and uh, so a lot of folks suffering in that area. So my thoughts and prayers out to them, Dylan Garachi, all those folks. Um, you know, hurricanes suck, and um, <laughs> you know it's just something we deal with down here that that a lot of folks don't have to deal with. But uh, anyway, hope everybody comes out well on the other end of this. Absolutely. Yeah. I had some colleagues at work who are dealing with some ramifications. So serious stuff over there. We're kind of living in the Southeast every, uh, every summer until like November, you're kind of rolling the dice and you just got to be ready and hope, uh, hope you can kind of skirt it. And luckily, hopefully with, with God willing, we made it through another year, Pat. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I think they need to move, move hurricane season. You know, it's like, like we're always constantly changing the golf season and how that works. Like hurricane season seems to start, they say in like what June or July. Yep. It's really like late August. Like, come on, yes. like we're like like it's moved. Okay, I don't know if that's climate change or whatever it is, but we need to move hurricane season all the way up like through October into mid November. Because I've dealt with enough now in the last few years. That's the only time I'm having to deal with it. Not in July. Okay. Yeah. And you think, and we're thinking like you get to Labor Day and you're like, oh, we're through. We're good. You know, mm. and then one of these come in it's in, in like September. 
no, it's just starting. So anyway, all right, let's get on. Let's get into some plays this week. We're going to start with the nine K and above plays this week. Um, all right, so here's what we're going to do. Now we're okay. just doing one show, okay? One show this week, not two shows like DB and I usually do. So we're going to talk mostly DraftKings and our plays there. But then we're gonna we're gonna add in a few bets that we like. It may not be the guys that we're picking on on DraftKings. It may be some other guys. But we're gonna kind of just sprinkle in a few bets here and there as we go along. But we're gonna really kind of focus on on DraftKings and uh, and DFS this week. So if we're getting into the nine K and above range, I'll quickly hit them all because there's not a lot. You know, you got Alex, you got Tom Hoagie at the bottom. You got Alex Norn, Cam Davis at ninety two hundred. Emiliano Grillo, which I think we're going to talk about a little bit, uh, at 9,300. Taylor Montgomery, 9,500. Tom Kim coming off of the uh, President's Cup loss, but I think it was a win for him, to be honest. Yeah. I think it was a win personally and, uh, and golf-wise because he's, he's just electric. He's, he's becoming a, he, he's just he's amazing. Then you got Aaron Wise. And then if we get into the 10K, we got three guys here, Patrick Cantlay, Max Homa, and Sung J.M., so I'm going to turn it to you first, Joe. Who are your favorite GPP plays in here? Who's your cash play? And give me a fade. Okay. Um, my favorite play is all, I'm going to go all the way up at the top, Pat. I'm going to take Pat Cantley. Um, his performances here are outrageous. Eighth, second, second, first. His last four times at the Shriners. Unbelievable. When you look... He really like surprisingly kind of excels. I think at shorter golf courses, he's number one in the field in terms of what I looked at on fantasy national, the course history is great. He's coming back to a course. He loves, he was also really good at the president's cup. He was also really good winning that event. Uh, the second to last one of the FedEx cup playoffs, uh, love can't lay my favorite play, which will also be my cash play is a guy that I'm usually always on. It's Cameron Davis. Um, yeah. he's unbelievable. Like, I think that, Pat, he's got this really unique skill set in which I think that like if I had to pick one player to kind of have a breakthrough season for the next 12 months, I think he's my guy. It's unique to find a guy who really has a driver as an asset and can hit it far. Now, I know the driver distance isn't going to be a huge thing this week, but it never hurts, right? Um, he can drive it really far, and he's a great wedge player from like 100 to 125 and 125 to 150 yards. So those short wedges. He's top five in the field in both of those. Anytime you can hit it really far and wedge it really well, you're going to find spots on the PGA Tour where you find success. Good in opportunities gained as well. My third guy is Tom Hoagie. Don't mind going back to him. Really good here. Also a really solid wedge player. So the only player better than Cameron Davis in those wedge ranges was Tom Hoagie. Uh, so I don't mind him. You know, if I'm going at Cantlay up top, I've got to, I can't like stack another big guy in there. Uh, moving on to sort of my fade of the week. I'm going to like plug my nose and fade Sungjae. Ooh. I don't love it. His course history is great here, but the only, here's why yeah. Pat. I hit okay. him last year. He won 30 to one, something like he that. He won last year. I know he was great at the president's cup. He's been on this great run, but he's priced under max Homa, which I don't understand. He's the second favorite on nearly every odds board yet. He's priced. 200 bucks cheaper than Max Homa. I think that he's going to garner so much ownership at that position. Nobody's going to play Max, even though he has that win. He's got four consecutive missed cuts at the Shriners. This ain't a spot for Max. 
Um, I think there's going to be so many people that are gravitating towards Sungjae, and with only three players above 10K this week, me liking Cantlay by default, I'm going to try to pivot a little bit away from that ownership, uh, and I'm going to reluctantly kind of close my eyes, plug my nose, and hope that I'm right and fade Sungjae in. Uh, scary, though. Yeah. No, it is. All right, so how about this, then? Because now, if you, if anybody that listens to us knows that I'm so terrible at just trying to predict ownership. So if you're, if you're looking at just anybody over 9K, who do you think the chalkiest players are going to be? Who, who are your two, maybe three chalkiest players up here? I would say that Sungjae is going to be most... I'm not great at this either, and for what it's worth, I unless it's, it's like a a coin flip and it's the deciding factor. I try not to factor in ownership too much. I think as a whole on a broader perspective, we put too much emphasis on it mm-hmm. and sometimes pivot away from what makes sense just for ownership. That said, I think it'll be Sungjae number one because you're getting about 800 bucks savings off Cantlay and no one else there around him is really close. And probably Cameron Davis, who I mentioned at 9,200 will come in number two. He made positive signs that the president's cup was a big moment for him. He had great finishes through the end of the summer. Um, early in the week, so things change. But if I had to predict two, those would be my two guys. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, I think Taylor Montgomery is going to have a little yeah. bit of ownership to him. And I love the kid. I mean, comes out, he's got two straight top ten finishes. I, I think, but I, but I'm a little reluctant to play him as a chalky, you know, over nine k guy um, in this field. I, but I but I do like him a lot. And I may here's what I would say: you could probably look at betting him if you, if you think he's going to be too chalky. Bet him at thirty five to one. That's where I'm seeing the best odds for him. On DraftKings Sportsbook, 35 to 1. I like Taylor Montgomery there from that standpoint, but I may fade him a little bit, especially if he has some ownership, which I've seen him, you know, he's had. He he had surprising ownership, I thought, in the Fortinet. If, if I'm yeah. if I'm wrong, if I'm not mistaken. Golby's yeah. cup took a lot out of me, a lot of brain <laughs> waves and stuff, like synapses like just went away. But I think he had some ownership there. So I, I may I may fade him in DFS. But here here's what I like. I kind of like going out, just completely fading over 10K and starting with Emiliano Grillo. Grillo has been really good lately, okay? And if you yeah. look at his recent results, I mean, he had a top five last week, top 25 at the Fortinet, and then before that, a top 20 at the BMW Championship. But here's the thing that really is interesting to me about Grillo is his putting. Everybody wants to talk about how bad he is as a putter because he's going to check every single box, every single box when it comes to any other stat. He's literally top 25 in opportunities gained, top 10 in these four, 30 or better percentage, good drives gained, strokes gained approach, and ball strike. And I'll even throw in that par four scoring 400 to 450 yards. He's top 20 there. But his putting has actually been pretty good lately. And that's the key. That's why I think Grillo is dangerous because everybody always wants to talk about how bad he is at putting, but he's actually improved a lot. Here's his last six events. He gained 3.4 strokes last week, 2.6 at the Fortnite Championship, 1.8 at the BMW, 2.7 at the FedEx St. Jude. At the 3M where he finished second, 3.7 strokes. And then at the John Deere right before the Open Championship, 4.1. Emiliano Grillo has maybe found something with his putter where we can't talk about him being such a bad putter lately, okay? 
if we're going by recent form, which I love to do, all right? So Grillo, I think, makes a lot of sense. I like him where he is. I think the price is perfectly fine right there at 9300 Big fan of him. I also like Tom Hoagie. I'm with you there. Like, why do we always want to just forget about Tom Hoagie? The, the guy is, is extremely solid. He plays well here. He makes cuts. He's actually my cash play. I think he, if you want to cash play in the 9K and above range, I think you plug in Tom Hoagie and just stop worrying about it. Like, don't worry about your cash lineup up in the 9K range. Put in Tom Hoagie. He's going to be fine. Any, any, any thoughts on, on all of that word salad that I just put out there, Joe? You made a fantastic point about Grio. I have noticed it as well. When you go back like his last six tournaments, he's basically it. He's a top six putter in the field. Him, it's like him and then Denny McCarthy, like our next to Denny McCarthy, who's widely considered like the best yeah. putter on the planet, is right. right next to Emiliano Grillo over the past six events. So that's insane to think about. His his approach numbers were great last week. He made a snowman on the second easiest hole on the golf course with five holes to play. Other than that, he was like T2 and right in the thing. Um, depends on what contest you were playing, but um, at the price point there at 9,300, doesn't necessarily have to win if you can get it somewhere else. If you can get another top five or top six finish out of Grio at 9,300, uh, should be a good play. Yeah, no, I, I agree there. Um, all right, so my fate is Alex Norin. And I just, I mean, how can you get it really that excited about Alex Noren, especially, you know, at 9,100, he doesn't check a single box other than putting on bent grass greens, which these greens are, yeah, they're bent, but they're, they're relatively flat. They're not like difficult bent. Um, you know, his, his history here is nothing that I can see, at least over the last like four or five years. And his recent form really isn't that great. You know, he finished 36 at the Fortinet, 52nd at the BMW. You know, he withdrew from the FedEx St. Jude. Not a whole lot to get excited about as far as I'm concerned about uh, Alex Norton. So I'm going to fade him. Um, all right. Joe, before we get into the 8K range, let me talk a little bit about um, the Nut Hut. Okay. We got this okay. place called the Nut Hut. All right. You can go to tourjunkies.com. You can find the Nut Hut. And you got to get you got to get in the Nut Hut, all right? It's our d- private Discord server. It's where we have all kinds of good information from the golf stand. Uh, you know, if you're looking for golf information, there's no other place to go, okay? Like insider information, caddy information. We got a lot of sharp players in there. They're telling you their plays, you know, any, anything and everything. Got to get into the Nut Hut. And then you know what? We also got some nonsense in there too, you know. All right, we we got we got other sports, we got NFL, we got Major League Baseball, which is winding down. My Braves are trying to knock the Mets down out of first place. Well, they already did that. They just need one more win, and then we're just going to say, "Hey, Mets, guess what? You don't get the buy because we're going to win the division." And uh, anything, everything, and anything and everything in the Nut Hut, you need to get in there. Just go to tourjunkies.com, find the Nut Hut. DB's going to listen to this and he's going to say, Pat, why didn't you give like the link information and all this kind of stuff? I'm like, well, I, that's why I don't do it. You, you're the host. That's why you're usually the host. You know all this stuff. All right. All I know is go to tourjunkies.com, find the Nut Hut, enter it, and get in there. It's $10 a month, nothing for a lot of good information. All right, Joe. Love it. All right. 
Let's move into the AK. Right. Now, this is a short range. There's not a whole lot of folks in. All right. There's really not much that we can talk about. Um, you know, oh, well, actually, let me go back a little bit. Let me go. Let me go back. Go, Joe, anybody like stand out to you in that 9K area as far as like a good bet that you like? Oh, you're right. I didn't. T- I did bet Cameron Davis. He's the only one I have right now. I got a 40 to one on him this morning. Um, it's just sort of a long term, I guess, thing with me where I'm going to I'm not going to jump off. I, I believe in the player's upside. I believe in his form. Um, but 40 to one was the number I got on him. I haven't done anything Pat, inside of that. I, I like part of me. I like Patrick Cantlay's chances, but am I going to run to bet him at seven and a half to one? No, probably no. not. It's not really my style. I mean, it's a good thing you took off that long shot season jacket because you could not sit there and say you're going to bet Patrick Cantlay with the long shot season jacket on. You would have to, like, take it off and say, like, I'm going to bet Patrick Cantlay, and then you put it back on, like, after you did that, you know? Yeah, I didn't take it off for that reason. It's getting a little hot in here in this office. But, um, yeah, first bet on the board, 40-1. to 1, I'm starting with Cam Davis. Who you got? I like that. I like that. Um, well, I mentioned Taylor Montgomery earlier, but I, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I've been on Grillo. I think 50 to one is, is the best odds I've seen on him. I absolutely love that. I think you hammer 50 to one if you can get it on, on Emiliano. And then um, I'm with you on Camp Davis. I, I like him. Um, I think, what, 42 to, 40 to one, somewhere around there yeah. is the best number I've seen. Um, so those are the two really for me in this uh, of guys that are in the 9K. All right, so now we can move on to the 8K. Um, I got to start with Siwoo Kim. All right. Siwoo Kim, he's like, you would think Siwoo, he would have problems in Vegas. Like, you would think, like, <laughs> there's going to be, like, we always have this, whenever we're in Vegas, like, there's always this, you know, strokes lost partying or whatever you, gambling or whatever it might be. Uh, and you think Siwoo would, would fall into that category, but actually he's, he's had some, uh, he's had some pretty good history here. You look at the last few years, he did miss a cut last year, but has had two top 15 finishes here. Um, been playing well lately. I like Siwoo Kim at 8,600, so I'm going to run with him. And then Denny McCarthy, you mentioned him earlier as far as his putting is concerned and everything else. I mean, he's a great putter. I never feel like I can get him right, but he does have a decent history here. Uh, he's at 8,400. Those are my two favorites. My fade is going to be Keith Mitchell at 8,000. Has never made the cut here. At least not that I can see, going back to 2018, and I I I think I know why. He probably does get caught up in the Vegas scene a little too much, and I think he comes out here to have fun. And maybe he makes a cut, maybe he doesn't. He doesn't really care. But Keith Mitchell in eight, at eight thousand, I'm not touching that at all. So there you go. That's the AK range for me. I don't, you know, Pat. I don't like this range at all. That's why I'm like, okay with kind of going can't lay at the top. Cause I don't really like any of these guys. If I'm picking two, one of them's going to be Denny just because I do believe in his upside. I, I, I feel like he had a little bit of a turnaround with some of the iron play last week at the Sanderson and three out of the four rounds, which was a positive sign because we know he's going to put it. It's really going to hit. He, he sprays it a little bit. He's not long off the tee, but if he's hitting his iron well and giving himself looks at birdie from 15 to 20 feet, pretty damn good at rolling those in the other guy I kind of like is is Davis Riley I was on him Mm -hmm. I didn't bet him this week I did bet him last week but um there were good signs there he had a pretty good putting week which nice to see him bounce back uh bled a little bit of it back around the green but those would be my two guys if I'm gonna play sort of this 8k range my fade is is Mav McNeely 
Um, worst iron player in this range over the last 36 rounds. And I think a lot of this golf course is going to tend to lend itself to, to second shot players and who's going to be the best on approach, who gives himself the most amount of looks. I know that he's got some familiarity out there with Vegas, but um, the guy hasn't made a cut in an actual cut event. The guy hasn't made a cut since the 3M Open. Um, he, he advanced in a couple of FedEx Cup events that were no cut down the stretch there, but uh, I'm all off on Matt McNeely. You made a good point about Keith Mitchell. Like, I want to, I don't know about you, Pat, but I want to see, like, I, I'd rather play guys who I've seen play in the last two or three weeks, whether it be the President's Cup, whether it be the Fortinet, or whether it be the Sanderson. Just show me like some reps under the belt. I would rather not play a guy like Keith Mitchell, who we haven't seen since August. Yeah. You know, you make a great point there, too. And, and if uh, you go back to DB's course breakdown, he talks about this. And, and we've seen a lot of the winners here have at least played one event in the fall. OK, so I think the last person who didn't was was Bryson DeChambeau, who won here in like 2018 or whatever. Um, but other than that, almost everybody that's won here or done pretty well here in the past has at least you know one tournament in the fall under their belt, and they're not coming off of that long break between the Tour Championship or even before that. They didn't make the Tour Championship and going straight into this event or you know, without having played anything and taking a long break. So I like the guys that that have at least you know you know. A, a little bit under their belt here yeah. in this fall season, you know, just at least totally. one golf tournament, one golf tournament. Um, and I, I'm with you. This 8K range, I, I don't even know if I can remember when I've seen like a, an 8K range where I just didn't even want to press a single button. Like, I think if I'm looking at cash, maybe Denny McCarthy. But yeah. other than that, like, I don't think there's anybody even in cash that I would, I would want to play in here. Cbez kind of interests me a little bit but there's just I, I think you could avoid this range you know all together and be fine you know go up play patrick cantley like you said and then let's drop down in the 7k range where there's a ton of players that we can talk about here in the in the 7k range um yeah a ton that i like here in 7k as well yeah i, I think we could spend a lot of time here before that before i get into that let me let me how about this you you, you people in the YouTube universe okay i need some comments all right i want to know how many hours of the president's cup broadcast you actually watched okay and social media doesn't count because i know for me now we had golby's cup going on so i didn't really watch like i maybe i literally let me tell you this this is what i did yeah. db and i were driving back from pennsylvania and I happened to check the scores, and I noticed that Xander Schauffele was on a hole, like 16 or 17, something like that. And he had a chance, if he won, that was going to be the point that won it for the U.S. And so mm -hmm. I turned it I, put it, I put the phone up, I distracted DB, he was driving, I was like, all right, we're going to watch this hole. And we're going to like watch the, the winning putt happen. And that's all we watched, literally. That was all the President's Cup I watched was one hole. Xander Schauffele winning it all. I mean, I don't know about you. Did Joe, how much did you watch? I watched a lot of it. I thought it was great, actually. Um, I was very surprised. I wasn't really excited about it. But there were moments, like Cam Davis had a little moment playing with his idol, uh, Adam Scott. The Koreans, the Koreans were on fire. They were electric from Tom Kim, Siwoo, K.H. Lee. 
Um, all of these guys, they went like nine and four, the Koreans over the thing with Sung Jay as well. So they were awesome. There were some moments out of the U.S. team, which was exciting. It got a, if you had a big bet on Team USA, it got a little bit just sweaty enough on Sunday to keep you intrigued. But uh, I mean, they were clearly hurt by not having some of the live tour guys on that international team that would have made it a little bit closer. But I thought all things considered, um, the coverage on NBC was abysmal, but I guess I I watched a fair share amount. I bet a fair share amount on some of the matchups. So I know you guys were tied up that week, but as someone who was kind of stuck at home, uh, I watched a good bit of it. See, I love that. I love that you watched it because actually I think if I hadn't been tied up, I probably would have watched more than just one hole. But so who of the international team kind of stood out to you as sort of a, a stud player that week? Like who who I like I don't even know who won the most points for the international team. I have no clue. I know Jordan Spieth was great. It was Siwoo. It was Siwoo? Okay. Siwoo won the most points. Um Tom Kim stole the show. If there was an individual like who won the President's Cup as a single player? It had to be Tom Kim with the moments. Um, was was kind of cool to see like even Sebastian Munoz ended up slaying number one in the world on Sunday and Scotty Scheffler in the individuals. So there were moments that all these guys had. I thought a lot of really good young players. You know who let them down, Pat? Was Team Canada. Pendrith and Connors were awful. I think they were 0-9 oh. combined. They could not putt. You can't bring... Like I know Team USA caught some flack for 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 bringing kids. Maybe he people were arguing whether he deserved it. You can't bring guys who can't putt into a match play thing like that. Connors missed so many six to ten footers. Um, you really got to bring guys with some heart and some moxie to kind of make ten foot putts. Uh, so that's what really let them down. But yeah, it, it was fun. I mean, for for a mismatch that it was, it was entertaining. Yeah, yeah, that was you know I actually. I didn't bet it, but I, I think I talked about it on a show or so I can't even remember. But I, I did uh Corey Connors as the as the top international point score at plus six hundred. Great job, yeah, Pat. Way to go. <laughs> you, did, you did a good job there. All right. Well, let's move on to the seven K range. There's so many people we can talk about in here. And I, I know um and it's always that way. You know, this is always the biggest range. Um, I'll start though, and I'll give you a few guys that I like. One is KH Lee. All right, talk about internationals. KH Lee at seventy seven hundred. I'm I'm a big fan of him him this week. I mean, you look at just you know he's won several times on on tour recently. Um, it, it's just a, a very solid player. You look at his his history here. It's um pretty good. Well, I say it's pretty. Good. Last year it was good with a top fifteen finish. But I think the guy's a good scorer. I like KH Lee this week. I also like Matthew Naismith. He's another player right there at 7,500. He's played here three times. All three times he's had a top 20 finish. I like that about him. He's a scorer. Uh, you know, Naismith is um, he's top 10 last week at the Sanderson Farms. I, I'm, you know, obviously that's good. It means he's he's in good form. If you're looking at stats too, he's top 30 in the field in good drives gained. He's top 10 in strokes gained approach top 20 in ball striking. So Matthew Naismith, I think, makes a lot of sense here at 7,500. And then if I'm dropping down to some some lower price guys, you know, I think I'm going to go with Joel Damon at 7,100. Now, he's not going to wow you as far as the stats are concerned, okay? But I like the fact that he had a good finish last week, top 15 finish at the Sanderson Farms, and he's got a pretty decent course history here. You would You would think Joel Damon, by the way, would not have a good course history. Right. Like, I feel like Joel Damon would 
be in the casinos. Like it, he would go off the golf course. He would drop his club somewhere in the locker room and go straight to the casino. But he actually doesn't have terrible course history here. Top 10 in 2020, top 25 last year. Joel Damon at 7,100, I think is a decent play in here. A couple bets, by the way, that I like. Nick Taylor is at 100 to 1. This feels like a Nick Taylor course, doesn't it, Joe? I mean, like, yeah. you, like you get, you get a, like a, a course where anybody can win. That's a Nick Taylor course, all right? Yep. It's like Pebble Beach where he won there, you know? And then Mark Hubbard, who's been playing fantastic, is at 90 to 1. I hated it for Mark Hubbard and Kyle Peppers, his caddy, last week that they did not win. You know, we were texting with Kyle. He was, like, ready to get that first win. They were playing great. Um, and it just didn't happen for him on Sunday, which is what, ha- you yeah, know, that's, that's PJ Tour for you. But Mark Hubbard has been playing well, and I like him at 90 to 1. All right. Before I get into any fades or any cash plays in here, what what do you like in this range so far? What's sticking out to you? Um, I'll follow you up on Hubbard. I bet Hubbard. I like him in DraftKings as well. Um, was 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 really solid last week. Did you catch the the story about him like putting a knife through his foot? Did the caddy tell you about that? God, no. <laughs> There's the something hell? about a knife fell through his foot and he couldn't practice. And of course, like that's so golf that he goes on to have to have a fantastic week. But um, he's been playing pretty well. The iron play is really moving in the right direction. And his like like 125 to 175 yard, whatever three or four clubs that is for him are just dialed in right now, Pat. A um, couple other guys that I like, Taylor Moore. I've been playing this kid a lot and he's been coming through on DraftKings and like just outperforming his expectation. Nine consecutive cuts made. I think that he's a safe, he's my favorite cash game player here. I think that he's a safe pick. Five top 25s in that, including one last week as well. So the last nine starts, he's been extremely consistent. He's really good on birdie fest type courses. Uh, he's an attacker. He goes after it. He makes a lot of plays. The other weird one that I kind of like, I don't Oh, I love mind. it when you got it. I love it when you got a weird play, Joe. You, you Everyone loves a Draft weird King. play. Listen, if you're playing DraftKings, especially in a GPP, and you don't have at least one play that is weird and makes you very queasy, you probably ain't going to win. Yeah. My guy is Matt Kuchar. Uh, <laughs> I love look, it. Look, 12th of the Fortinet. He played pretty well. Um, he started to like turn things around a little bit toward the end of the PGA Tour season. You don't need huge expectations from him, but like, We've seen the old guy, short hitter, journeyman do it here. We saw Martin Lair do it. We saw Kevin Na do it a couple years ago. Kuchar fits that mold for me of a guy who can get a hot putter um, and a guy who can hopefully tame himself around the tables out there in Vegas. As far as my bets go, I'd have Hubbard there that I mentioned. I took Mito Pereira. So there was a 66 to 1 on Mito. And I just feel like talent wise, he's better than those other guys around him there was a point last year during like sort of that midsummer around uh pga championship time when he made that run where expectations were extremely high people were were knew that he had elite assets of his game so i don't mind that at 66 to 1 a couple other bombs that i like in this range was marty laird that you mentioned you got to take the desert fox out there in vegas old man marty gets around he's got a win here before And Adam Svensson's kind of just like a FOMO bet guy for me. I was on him almost all of last season. Such a good, like, solid striper of the golf ball with his irons. If he can have one good putting week, 
Uh, I think one of these times it's going to come together for him. So those are kind of the bets I have. This is my favorite range. This is where like sort of the bulk of my activity would be. So um, those are my three plays. Those are my bets here in the seven Ks. Yeah. You know, if I add a couple bets in here, um, you got to look at Thomas Dietry here at 60 to one. He's been playing fantastic lately. Um, He's, you know, very experienced player. So I think 60 to one is a pretty good number on him. If you want to play him in DFS, I'm okay with that. Matter of fact, I think he could be a decent cash play in DFS also uh, in the seven K range. Another bet that I like, um, I was looking through here, Dean Burmester. He's at 65 to one coming off of a top 10 last week. Another guy that you're getting a, a little bit longer odds. I think he's kind of like my sort of queasy play, my weird play. But I like some Burmester this week as well. Um, this is a fun range. You know, I think there's so many guys that we could talk about in here. I mean, you, you look at, um, you know, on the lower end, okay? You got guys like, even though he's coming off of miscut, a Harris English is in here. I mean, he he's, he's somebody that has, uh, you know, obviously had a few good years on tour before his injury. I like him. Um, and I, I'm not going to like read off a bunch of names. I just think there's just some fun names to talk about in this 7K range that, that we could look at. You know, DB kept talking about Andrew Putnam on his yeah. first look show, in the betting first look show. I do feel like he asked, DB asked this question. Does he have an Andrew Putnam problem? I kind of think he does. I think he has an Andrew Putnam problem. I think all of us do. I think all of us have an Andrew Putnam problem. Like we, we look at him. He checks out. He checks a lot of boxes. Yeah. He has some good finishes. But we, if if we're gonna look inwardly, Joe, we're looking inward and we're trying to figure out. Like we're trying to, we're helping our mental health out, okay? And we're trying to win bets. I don't know if I see Andrew Putnam winning. Yeah, so we're betting outrights. What do we? What is the first thing? What's the first thing we want to do? We want that player to win. Mm-hmm. That's what we want. I don't know if I see that in Andrew Putnam. Do you see that, or like, or like at all? I see the consistency that DBC is so like five top thirties like recently. So he's finishing that. Like the difference that I think you bring up is there. There is a different way that you kind of have to um, rewire your brain when you're taking outrights versus if you're playing like cash games or you're playing mm-hmm. props or you're doing this other stuff. Like. You have to, with outright bets, I feel like embrace some of the volatility. Like it's one of the reasons I like a guy like Cam Davis is that I feel like he plays very aggressively, which is going to get him into trouble. He's going to miss cuts. He's going to dump it a bunch of hazards. But all of a sudden that one week it goes right. I feel like he has the upside to really win. Andrew Putnam to me strikes like like more of a guy who's going to play for the center of the fairway, center of the green, try to make as many top 25s as he can and really sort of I hate to say play it safe, but play it more conservatively and, and less aggressively as some players, which makes them less volatile, um, which can make them a very good DraftKings player, but maybe not so much of a good outright bet. He's really good, savvy scrambler and a great putter as well. So some of that I worry about, like on a course where the putting is really easy, the greens are big, flat, and one of the easier ranks. since I think it's fourth easiest on tour in terms of putting. So anytime I see like, Okay, this is your strength. If 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 that's where you sort of separate yourself from those around you in the field, I'd rather have it be on a tougher putting course where you can really kind of accelerate that advantage you may have. Yeah. No. Uh, well said. Well said. Who's I, your fade I, here in the seven K? It's tough for me. 
Oh gosh, uh, I was afraid you were going to ask that, Joe. Um, well, you know, if if I'm just kind of looking in here, and I tend to look at the top of the seven K range for the fade. Um, I just don't, and you know what? I would, I, I kind of think everybody would say Ricky Fowler, but I'm not ready yeah. to fade Ricky. I, I'm not. I, I'm I think, ready to. I, no, Joe, you can't be ready to. He, he's he's fired a, everyone. He fired your boy Tillery. He's a little Tillery. better since he fired Tillery, I think. He's he's back to to um to Butch. Harmon. Yeah, he's back to Harmon. But he fired his caddy. He fired the coach. He's like trying anything right now. And I think a good like one good performance last week, and like Ricky will suck a lot of people in who look at that T six. He, he will, but he's like. You know, Ricky's like the girl, like it, like when you're in high school, and you broke up with a girlfriend or something like that, and you like, but you were like, damn, I still, I, like she walks by you in school, and like the boobies brush against you for some reason or something. I don't know, something happens. Like it's like, like it's like Ricky's boobies keep like brushing against me, and I don't know what to do. Like I'm like, I, I need, I feel like I want to play him. Yeah, you know? like, like he, he just like keeps that. teasing me. He keeps teasing me, and I can't. I can't get away from him, you know? Yeah. See, we're, we, we saw the pinnacle Ricky. So we want that to be back. It's like, here's how I would like say it. it's like when you knew a girl in high school, right. And you haven't seen her in like 10 years, but then you see her and she's like kind of back, but your friends didn't see her in high school. They're like, she ain't that good looking, but you're like, but if you would have seen her 10 years ago, like you'd understand. Yeah. So you have this sort of, uh enigma that is around uh, around ricky and you want it to be back we all want to root for him of course like i'm not rooting against him i just feel like there's a lot of missed cuts and i want to see a little bit more i'm not going to give it to him off one uh t6 with a new coach a new caddy let me see you do it a couple times yeah but he like he kind of excited you a little bit on that t6 yeah it'll get you excited you got like like wait old times Old oh, times, yeah. you're, you're about to come back. But yeah, I, I hear you. I don't know if I'm looking at a fade for me um, in this seven K range. If I'm if I'm going all in on the fade, who's it? Who's going to be my fade? I don't. I don't know. I, it's just it's just so hard. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really have anybody in here that I that I want to like full on. But you know who I don't like is, and you mentioned him earlier, is Mito. Okay. I, I don't like. I don't. I, I think Mito just concerns me a little bit. I, I just don't <laughs> like. I, I was all in on Mito earlier this year, but I just think he's like he's just so spotty good. Like I don't feel much confidence when I'm playing Mito. Do you? Like if you put Mito in your lineup, you like. Like you having some heartburn? Yeah, Mito wasn't like a DraftKings guy for me. He was more of a more of a bet just because I like the price. I, it sounds weird to say it's different, but I feel like it kind of is. But yes, it is. It um, is even even at even at the Presidents Cup, right? He was in a match and they were leading, and they like cut to the thing. Like here was Mito when he was leading the PGA Championship, and he shanked his tee shot. He did the exact same thing at the Presidents Cup, up one in a match on the 18th hole, and it was like all of it came back. So there's something about that sort of monkey that can get on players backs where um, you need to close the deal. It's like, if you have a, you know, you have a couple of free throws down the stretch, like 
you're a decent free throw shooter, but in, in the clutch, there's two seconds left and you make it. It happens to go in. All of a sudden, you're a clutch player, right? All of a sudden, yeah. you, you can yeah. do it and you get this confidence. But you miss a couple late game opportunities. Your teammates start looking at you. You start to wonder and sort of second guess yourself if you can come through and get it done. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. All right. Well, before we get, get on to the 6K range, because there's a few guys in here that we need to talk about, then we'll wrap the show up. Um, by the way, Listener League this week, we had a winner, BM, BMC Nerlin, Bimic Nerlin. You know, whenever I'm trying to read the DK names, it's hard, but it's BMC Nerlin. He scored 526.50 points. He actually had a 506 lineup. Joe, this is what this is. Now, this is some, some game theory for you here, or not game theory. It's just this is, this is where, why you need to play single entries. He had a five of six lineup with Harris English. He won our listener league. Okay. Now I'm not going to go through his whole lineup. All I'm going to tell you is Harris English did not make the cut. Yeah, he was bad. He won our listener, listener league or listener league. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he also won a 5,000 in a single entry with the same lineup. This is why you play large dollar single entries if you can do it. Now, I'm going to guess that was either the $100 single entry or the $200 single entry. If it, it, this just goes to show you, you don't have to be perfect in some of these single entry type lineups, okay? And, and this is what he did. You know, he was five of six, but he still scored a ton of points. Obviously, those other five that he had that made the cut were really good. Um, I can't even, I don't know if he had McKinney Hughes. He probably did. But still, he won $5,000 in the single entry. He also won the Listener League, so good on him. A few other things that I'll add is we've got a lot of interviews, okay, that DB has done, not me. DB's full-time, not me. Um, so we've got a lot of interviews out you need to listen to. Nick Hardy, okay, great interview. He talks about when he peed his pants on the golf course. So, I mean, why would you not want to listen to that? Ben Griffin, who I think is a, is a great an entertaining guy that you don't even know, but he's on tour now. Trevor Cohn, who's on tour now. He's another one we've done. Tano Goyo, who I think is from Argentina. I don't know. DB just threw his name out there. Grayson Sig. We've obviously, we've done an interview with him lately. And then Matthew Naismith is coming out this week. That's another one. So just a few things you need to be looking out for on the tour junkies youtube channel we're trying to get these interviews out for you and here's the reason first off we want you to know these guys like before they become big names all right scotty scheffler when he was on the corn Ferry tour not a whole lot of people knew who he was i mean you know he was a great college player and everything else but nobody did interviews with him and we want you to know about their games early on Okay, their games, their their personalities, all these kind of things. So we're trying to put out as many of these as possible. We got a lot more coming down the line. DB's doing a great job with these. We're talking like just having fun with these guys, but then also talking about the things they do well, the things they don't do well, the courses they love, the courses they don't like. And those are kind of that's 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 what you need to know. Like as we get into, you know, look, DFS and golf, and I think Joe, you could probably talk to this too. You know. Six years ago, if you had just start, if you played DFS golf, um, it was kind of, I don't want to say it was easier, but you didn't have all this information that you have now. Okay. So now you got to find another edge. Okay. Because we have like Fantasy National, which is great. 
I didn't have Fantasy National. I had to literally comb through the stats when I was first doing this show. DB had to do it too. Now Fantasy National makes it easy for us. All right, that's one step. So get Fantasy National, fantasynational.com slash TJ. But then you got to find other information. So listen to these interviews. All right, these guys that are telling you what they do well, the courses they like, things like that. There's so much information out there right now that you really got to be paying attention. And we're trying to give you more of that, which is why we're giving you these interviews of these guys that you may not know their names right now. You may not care that I'm talking about Ben Griffin or Trevor Cohn. But you know what? That guy could be Scotty Scheffler two years from now. So you really got to pay attention. Right, Joe? Don't you think? Yeah, DB does a great job of that, um, of, of sort of connecting to them. And it's hard to, I'll give him credit, because it's hard to interview guys. And he does a really good job of like, getting them to kind of open up to him. And one of the things that's kind of unique about golf in those interviews is like players, a lot of times will tell you like it is, and they'll tell you things. They'll tell you what they like. Like, as you mentioned in, in other sports, like football, you listen to a head coach press conference or interview. They don't want to give away too much no, information yeah, right. that, could, yeah. that could screw up the game plan for next week. So they're always hiding shit from you. They know they always tell you what you want to hear. A lot of times in golf, it's an individual sport. Like it's not going to hurt him to tell you, what type of courses he likes or what type of grass type he likes or where does he like putting on or, 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 or what's his favorite club in the bag and, and all these different things. There, a lot of the, the majority of players I feel like are fairly honest. And if you will just listen to them and he does a great job of getting these guys um, to come through and sort of open up. So it's definitely valuable info. Yeah, totally agree. All right. So go into the tour junkies, YouTube channel, subscribe, do all those kind of things, and you'll get some good information. And then, like I said, we got Matthew Naismith coming out. He's got a great interview. He's awesome. Be, yeah, you're going to love to hear his interview. And he's got some good Siwoo Kim stories, which is worth it in itself just to listen to that. So that's, that's, that's what I'll leave you with there. All right, let's button it up here with the 6K range. Um, now, look, this is, this is the 6K range in uh the shriners open okay so it's not like you're gonna have a lot of guys here that you're gonna absolutely love but i but i think there's a few here that we can talk about that make a lot of sense um and i'm gonna but i'm gonna throw it to you first joe all right i'm putting okay. you on the spot because i think i've kind of taken over some of these ranges here when i probably shouldn't have give me some of your favorite guys that you like here in the 6k range all right, bets I'm going to give you a couple. Throw in some bets, too, because this is where the long shots really come in. Okay. Um, I kind of like Chris Goderup. I feel like he was the shiny new toy of the fall that we've all sort of forgotten about. He hits it very far, but he's a very underrated approach player. Um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five of his last seven. Actually, six of his last eight, he's gained significant strokes on approach since the Canadian Open. Um, I just feel like he has a good bit of upside here at 6,800. A couple of other guys that I like, Austin Smotherman at 6,500, another guy who's sort of gotten his, cut his teeth a little bit, as they say, and gotten a lot of PGA Tour reps under his belt, sitting right there at 6,500. Your boy, Ben Griffin, who you said you talked to, has been playing pretty well. Um, Sanderson last week, a 24th. He had a fourth at the Wyndham Championship in August also. And then um, the random one. Here's my random one for the 6K range. Kevin Yu. Um, if you fantasy national needs to get on, you need to talk to your boys over there to give me some Kevin U stats because you, yeah, we don't got him yet. He's we got ain't a got 404 him. error code. Yeah. Uh, but listen, uh, 20, I'm sorry, 19th last week at the Sanderson since May, 
So May through basically August on the Corn Ferry Tour, he had two seconds and a third place finish. 19th last week, which was his best finish in a PGA Tour event in his career. He's coming up. I feel like it's 6,500. Not a lot of people are going to play him because he doesn't have a lot of stats out there. Not a lot of people know about him, but those are sort of four guys that I like here in this range. And my my bomb is actually sitting right at, at 7,000, so he's technically not 6K, but the biggest bet I have on the card right now was 160 to 1 on Lee Hodges. Um, played pretty well in the desert at the Amex. He was winning that event for, for quite a long time. Um, let me see what else I got here on Lee Hodges because I had some good stuff. Lee Hodges, a uh, surprising top 10 in my model, third on approach, eighth in ball striking on the whole, gained almost six strokes ball striking last week at the Sanderson. A couple of chipping nightmares, but I think that that's kind of mitigated this week with the green size. Like I mentioned, third at the Amex. I think he can play well in the desert, and he was like 160 to one on the betting board. Okay. Um, Who you got? All right, a few guys in here, and uh, now I'm going to start with a bet, and I don't even know what price he is on DraftKings. But uh, actually, this is another interview that we got coming out soon, and that is Davis Thompson. He's at 150 to one on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Now he's just a guy like. So when I think yeah. of the fall season, you think of guys like Smiley Kaufman. Now you're wondering, like, why the hell would Smiley Kaufman come to your mind? Because I think that there's guys that are like coming off the web.com tour or in this, the corn fairy tour, whatever it is. It was web.com when, when Smiley won. Um, they just, they, they've been hot on those tours and then they, they kind of continue it to, to there. Uh, but Davis Thompson just kind of feels like a guy that could get a fall season win and he's at 150 to one. So I do like him. Um, where is he, by the way, in, on DraftKings? Where is he? Is he up in the 7K range? Yes, I think he is. 150 to 1 is pretty... 7K on the nose. He's 7K on the nose. So there's there's several guys that are right there on 7K. Like Grayson Sig is also 7K on the nose. Mm-hmm. I think it's another one. Like I almost feel like he could make a hybrid category here. Like the low set, like 7,000 and below instead of 6,900 and below. Yeah. Because I like Grayson Sig, and I also like Davis Thompson. Grayson Sig is another one, you know, top 10 last week, um, playing well. I think it's, you know, you look at his odds. Where's Sig? He's probably at um, somewhere around 150 to 1, too. Oh, I don't see him. You know, that's the thing about doing these live shows. shows. You can't just, you can't edit. Uh, I got 130 at DraftKings on Sig. All right, so 130 to 1, Sig, I like that there. But anyway, let's try to stick down into the 6K range. Is this weird, Joe? Is is this, like, why do I want to play Garrett Higo? Like, I know he's so inconsistent, but he had a yeah. third-place finish last week at Sanderson. And I just, like, I want to play Higo, and he's won before. Like, I know. But it's weird. <laughs> He won at the course we're actually going to see coming back um, at Congaree here in a couple of weeks. Where I went, I was back. part of the media there. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we called this the, the, the tournament that we shall not talk about because it was so weird and how it, everything panned out. Like, nobody got anything right. And that had, had to do with the fact also that Garrett Higo won. Yeah. But I don't know. Higo, to me, makes a lot of sense. 
And I feel like I want to play him right there at 6,800, and he's coming off of that third-place finish. I, I'm a fan there. Um, yep. Another guy. Now, people hate him. People don't want to play him. They don't like him. He he says things he shouldn't say, but he's a Vegas guy. Scott Piercy is at 6,700. He's played well here in the past, has a few yes. top 20 finishes in the last couple of years. I think Piercy could be an interesting play down here. Um, a couple others that I like. He's um, a member at Summerlin also, Piercy. Yeah, yeah, he so is. Of course. And so I like that. Uh, um, two guys that are just like, well, he, Adam Schink, it's 500. Third here last year. Top 30 in 2021. Top 20 in 2020. Missed the cut in 2019, but then a top 20 in 2018. I think Adam Schink is an uh, interesting play here too. I don't know what his odds are. He's another one that I'd probably look at if you're if you're getting pretty long odds on him. There you go. There we go. 6K range. You know, Joe, what else do I have to talk about here? I'm, I'm looking through the notes, and, um, you know, other than just the fact that you and I are just two cool dudes doing a golf show, I don't, I don't really have anything else. I, I don't know about you. Um, it was enjoyable, man. Always. Any always final, any final thoughts? Any final thoughts on uh, on the week? Um. Yeah. Listen, I think it's time to start uh, getting back into some of these long shots. I think that I was scared off a little bit when we see Homa and M and Rory down the stretch there, and all these favorites start hitting. I think that the the pendulum kind of swings a little bit back to level, and we start getting some of these hundred ones. And I really feel like you know we talked about it a little bit, but. Um, that's what really like started me off and endeared me sort of to, to golf betting versus that you don't get, like you don't get this in football. Um, so the fact that you can have a hundred one or 125 to one bet down the back nine on a Sunday is extremely fun. And even myself, Pat, like a couple, like, I think I looked at the field last week it, or at the Fortinet maybe. And I'm like, man, this field sucks. Like, is this what we're going to get now for the fall that now all we have all these big time events and this is what we get. But I think we just have to kind of embrace it and appreciate it and be positive about it because it's like what I kind of compared it to was like, okay, you give me Jaguars Titans. Uh, I'm not real thrilled about that this this Sunday. But you, you say you give me Jaguars Titans in a random Sunday in July, like I'd be thrilled to watch that game. So yes. we have to still yeah. as like kind of view this as this is our off season in golf. And the fact that we're just getting an event to bet on with some with a couple of big names and a bunch of guys trying to break through and make their career, we should just appreciate it and embrace it. And the fact that we get events in the offseason and we really don't have one, um, I love it, man. It's what makes this stuff fun. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I just, you know, you and I are both very passionate about golf. We love playing it. We love talking about it betting on it and whatever <laughs> else. Um, so I think it's just, it's great that we have that this time of year. I mean, Look, football is king. We 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 get that. We we know that. Um, but look, we got a lot of bets that we can make. You know, who wants to win? You know, who wants to win? You know, plus one hundred on an anytime touchdown for Austin Eckler. Okay, okay. We don't we don't get excited about that. But if I'm going to hit a fifty to one bet or something like that, Cam Davis, like you said, like I can, I feel like that's a good one this week. I mean, that is going to excite me way more. And uh, so, anyway, it's it's just been. Hey, listen, Joe, 
anything what's been going on anything uh anything new in your world um tell everybody where to find you find your stuff find your show everything like that uh yeah i appreciate it man uh it's at tour picks on twitter so tour junkies tour picks we kind of go hand in hand we got a good vibe uh hopefully we can do this again soon but i released my podcast earlier tonight it's called preferred lines um it's out now on youtube you can catch it on itunes and spotify it should be up there as well um, I usually post some stuff on Tuesdays throughout the week. Wednesdays, I do a show with Rick Run Good uh, over for Jock Market. So uh, a ton of good stuff. I, I try to make it fun and lighthearted and make fun, not take myself too seriously. But in all honesty, just like you, we put a good bit of energy and time and effort into this stuff. So um, we take it seriously, but not too seriously. So uh, it's a ton of fun. Would appreciate a follow if you guys checked it out. And, and thanks for having me on again today. I know I, I'm no DB, as someone said earlier. I'm, I'm, I think he said I'm low-fi or low-res DB. I'll take it as a compliment. Uh, it was great to join you here tonight, man. And, and best of luck this week. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about those haters. You know they they don't they just you know they, yeah, they look just, at that guy. They're all, they're all wearing like, that clown shirt. Nose. We kind of they're do all wearing like. that clown shirt. No, listen, Joe's a great guy, and uh, you know we we appreciate you being on, uh, doing all all kinds of great things. I have a feeling you're, we're going to see a lot more of you uh, with the tour junkies uh, in in the future. But uh, we appreciate appreciate you, and um, you know what? I think that's all I got. So you know what? With that, I will end it. And, you know, so here's what we do. I say see, no, wait, DB says see ya, and I say out. So you're going to have to, we always get this, we always get this wrong when we have guests on the show. So you're going to have to say see ya, you're going to be DB, and then I say out. And that's all I got. See ya.